We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Blake Knight, Steve Thompson sitting in for Henry Lake tonight. Dennis Matuzak is our producer. Thanks so much for joining us. And from time to time, I like to step away from sports and talk about uh, one of my other favorite topics, and that is space and space exploration. And Mike Wall from Space.com is uh, always good enough to join us. And uh, Mike, uh, uh, always a pleasure to visit with you. Uh, happy holidays and uh, in advance, Happy New Year. Thank you, you too. Yeah, this is exciting. The Webb Telescope is on its way, but uh, we've heard a lot now about this journey that uh, there's probably a lot of nervous folks uh, awaiting for uh, the Webb Telescope to meet it or get to its spot about a million miles away from Earth so it can begin work. But a lot needs to happen between now and then. Yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's 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 a real slow burn of a mission. I mean, most of the time when you launch a space telescope, the scariest part is the actual launch, and that that was scary this time too. It's a ten billion dollar telescope that will hopefully do a lot of really cool things once it starts observing. But yeah, like yeah, I mean, like you just said, it's it's got it's so complicated. It's gonna it has to do all these things, all of these like deployments. I think there's like fifty major deployments that it has to perform during its journey out to this spot about a million miles from Earth where it's going to do its observing. And actually one of them, like one of the really big ones, is scheduled to start tomorrow probably. And that's the it's it's going to start the deployment of its giant sun shield. So this this is this is a telescope that observes infrared light, which is uh it's basically what we what we feel as heat. And so it and its instruments have to be kept super cool so it can detect these faint heat signatures from the early universe. And so it needs this sun shield that's like the size of a tennis court, um, but that's way too big to fit into like a rocket. So they had to be folded up to fit inside the rocket for launch. And now it has to deploy. Um, and that's like there are all these pulleys and levers and booms and stuff that have to unfurl properly. And that's hopefully going to start tomorrow. It'll take like three or four days for it all to happen. But that's that's the next big step that they've got to do. And yeah, if like any of these things go wrong, then it's a disaster. So it's just one constant keep your fingers crossed for 30 days until it gets out there and everything's going well. Well, and it's unlike Hubble, which was in low Earth orbit and is still in low Earth orbit, and there were mm-hmm. repair missions. When, uh, of course, everyone remembers when Hubble was deployed, it's like, wait a minute, this thing isn't 
seeing properly. We, we, we need to adjust the optics. And they were ultimately able to fix that, and Hubble's done amazing work. But where Webb is headed, there, there's, it's not possible to fix this thing. No, no, it's four times farther than the moon. So like four times farther than any person has ever traveled. Um, so yeah, there's no plan B. There's no, if we find a problem after it launches, it can't be fixed. So that's why everything is so nerve wracking. I mean, Hubble, yeah, I mean, Hubble is such an institution now. And some of the younger people who are listening to this might not realize what, what you were just talking about. When it, when it launched in 1990, the, the very first images that came back were, were blurry and it was deemed this disaster, but this huge space telescope, much ballyhooed, and it, it couldn't even see sharply. But yeah, it was fixed about three and a half years later. And now it's like, it's this icon. But yeah, there, there will be no second chances for Webb if anything goes, goes wrong. It's got to do everything on its own perfectly first time. Now, one of the, the biggies is why a million miles away from Earth? Why couldn't it be out by the moon and do its work? Why does it need to be so far away? Yeah, it's, part, it's, it's, it's because what I was talking about earlier, how it's looking for these super faint heat signatures. So Earth and the moon and the like sun, obviously, are warm, warm objects. I mean, Earth, Earth radiates heat from the sun. So does the, the moon, you know, it bounces off sunlight. So this spot where, where Webb is going, it's actually going to be like aligned with Earth, sun, and the moon. And so it'll sort of be able to stay in the shadow of, of Earth, basically, um, and stay, stay cool, keep its instruments cool. And, um, yeah, that's the main reason why it's going out there. It's just these, these heat signatures that it's looking for are so faint that it just has to be kept. Like, I think the operating temperature for the instruments is like minus 300 degrees Fahrenheit, something like that. I don't have the number offhand, but it's incredibly cold. And so, yeah, it just needs to be far away from, from any, any heat that's, that's radiating off of the Earth or off the moon even. So the, the, the goal of Webb is, is to understand what happened back in time as early as the Big Bang. I mean, there, there's a lot of speculation on what they'll learn, but isn't that one of the biggies? Yeah, what it's, its main kind of science goals are like, to peer back at the very first stars and galaxies that formed after the Big Bang. So we're talking about 13.5 billion years ago, probably. Like the Big Bang was about 13.8 billion years ago. And scientists think the first galaxies took shape within two or 300 million years after that. And so Webb is going to try to find those, the very first stars and very first galaxies that ever formed in the universe. And then... I mean, seeing such young stars, such young galaxies will teach scientists a lot about how stars and galaxies form and like how they evolve. We can compare what's happening in the Milky Way to what has happened over much deeper cosmic time. And that's just that's just part of it. You know, it's also going to look at the atmospheres of, of nearby alien planets and look for complex chemicals that might be signs of life or the building blocks of life. It's it's just all sorts of things. It's, it'll be like Hubble. You know, Hubble has all these observing programs. Scientists propose projects to use Hubble for, you know, for two weeks to study like Jupiter's moon Europa or something, you know, and then another campaign comes up. That's how Webb is going to be, too. There's, there's going to be all these different campaigns that are going to run this gamut of really cool, cool science questions. But, yeah, most of what they're going to be doing is probably looking into the early universe to try to get clues about how our universe evolved. 
and doing things like like looking at yeah yeah like nearby exoplanets and seeing if we can see something interesting in their atmospheres there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff uh, there, there has been a lot going on in space this year. Uh, Want to get to some of the things you've written about in the last week or so, and I, I, I was very interested uh, about rogue planets because there, there's been a lot written and talked about planets orbiting other stars in our galaxy that they've been able to detect with you know, various means. But but this rogue planet concept, I, I guess I had never heard of that. Tell us more. Yeah, it, it's really crazy. Um, there are appa- There's apparently this huge population of rogue planets in the Milky Way and probably throughout the, the sort of wider universe. And these are planets that are not attached to any star. They, they don't have a host star. They don't orbit a star. They're just zooming through space alone, dark and cold. And they're, they're, they're really hard to find, obviously, because they're dark and they're, they aren't, like they aren't emitting very much radiation. And you can't really see them very well. So it's hard to get a real like, handle on how many of them there are. But some studies that have come out recently are, are estimating that they may hard to get a real like, handle on how many of them there are. But some studies that have come out recently are, are estimating that they may actually outnumber kind of normal planets what we would consider normal planets that orbit stars. There's just, there are apparently so many of these things out there and it's a real mystery. You know, it's like they, they probably get booted out of their, their home, their home solar systems by like gravitational interactions. You know, if there's like a gas giant planet, like a Jupiter or Saturn like planet in their system and they get a little too close, they can get booted out of their system. And then they're just cruising through the cosmos forever in darkness. It's just really weird. And, they're they're really hard to study and they're really hard to get a handle on. But what what like what hints we have, it seems like they're extremely common. And there are even some scientists who think that they they might even be capable of hosting life, which is weird to think about. But if they if 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 they're big enough, they actually might be able to like retain the like heat of their formation when like planets form. They're really warm because all the all the stuff coming together to form planets. You know, all that friction and all that all that gravitational compacting generates a lot of heat. So it's possible that heat lasts long enough for life to evolve on rogue planets. I mean, nobody knows, uh, but it'd be. It, I mean, we're gonna have to try to like get up close and study some of these things at some point. And like, I don't know, you have to get pretty lucky to do that. Yeah, very interesting concept. Um, the, the year is winding down rapidly, and it was a big year for China and space. Uh, a big year for SpaceX. They they continue to dominate the the for-profit space industry and there's really no end in sight to that as as we head for 2022 it looks like there is a very good chance that starship will launch before nasa's big space launch system uh down in florida that that would be a huge feather in the cap uh they they continue to launch falcon nines uh they, they have uh crewed missions uncrewed missions uh, they, they've sent civilians into orbit. And this is a quantum leap beyond what, say, for instance, Jeff Bezos is doing with his suborbital flights and that sort of thing. I mean, people really need to understand. They get a lot of publicity, but what they're doing compared to what SpaceX is doing is, is apples and oranges really doesn't do it justice. It's, it's much, much more difficult to put oh, human yeah. beings into orbit and bring them safely back to Earth. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it requires so much more energy. You, you have to, I mean, just to put it in perspective, you know, the Blue Origin flights, the, the tourist flights are, are cool. And, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that they're happening, but those, they, they last about 11 minutes or something. You know, they go up about, like, 67 miles or something, and um, they last about 11 minutes. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, SpaceX is launching people to the space station, which is about 250 miles above Earth, and they're staying up there for six months and then coming back down in the SpaceX capsule and stuff, you know, that's a, that's a whole, that's like two orders of, of magnitude more difficult. Um, and yeah, there's a lot that's happening. You know, there's, we're about to see another, there's going to be another SpaceX mission with space tourists going to the space station. People, people might remember what, what you were, yeah, like you were referencing inspiration for the September mission, mm-hmm. the SpaceX mission to Earth orbit. That was a free flying mission. They just orbited Earth not just orbited Earth, it's really cool, but they didn't meet up at the space station. But in February, SpaceX is going to actually fly people to the space station. Three of them will be paying customers. It's, it's a mission organized by the Houston company Axiom Space, and they're flying on a SpaceX Dragon. Um, and yeah, it's like space tourism is like, it's a real thing. It's, it's happening. These people have paid a lot of money to go up to the space station and stay for a week or two. And we're going to see more and more of that as this stuff becomes more routine. But don't you get the sense, so looking forward to maybe the first quarter of 2022, if they're able to get all the necessary clearance and actually launch super heavy with Starship, that that vehicle we've talked about before down in Texas, that that that's another big moment. If it actually flies and they're actually able to reach orbit and and bring both uh, the the super heavy booster and Starship back down in the ocean, uh, the super heavy in the Gulf of Mexico and Starship yeah. off the coast of Hawaii, that that's another gigantic moment that could be happening very soon. Yeah, yeah, they they have been pushing for that. I'm, I mean, SpaceX wants to fly that mission that test flight, which will be the first orbital test flight of the Starship Mars rocket, they want to fly it like really, really soon. They're sort of pushing the, they're, they're like, like they're waiting. Like the FAA is doing an environmental assessment of the launch site in South Texas and has been for a while. And you can tell Elon Musk is pretty impatient about it. He tweets about this all the time saying, come on, get it done. Not, not that explicitly, but you know, that's the subtext to his tweets about this stuff. And yeah, they they they're hoping that like yeah, like the FAA said that the review will probably be done will be done by the end of the year. So that's only a few days away. And if it comes back and everything's good and they they get the green light to launch this mission, I would expect it's going to happen very soon. I mean, SpaceX has said January or February, and um, yeah, that's going to be a huge huge deal. I wouldn't necessarily expect everything to work perfectly on this first launch. Um, but if if it doesn't reach orbit, if it crashes and burns, that's not a disaster for SpaceX, as, as as we've talked about before, me and you, about this stuff. They will just get the next one up there and try again. And, you know, they, they expect to lose a few rockets along the way when they're testing, and they will not be phased if the first one doesn't work perfectly. They'll just get the next one up there and try it again, and they'll, they'll eventually get it. And when they get it, it's going to be a huge deal because the, this, like, Starship, if, if – Starship works as advertised. It is going to be revolutionary. Yeah. Well, Mike, always great. Thank you. Sure thing. Always, always good to talk to you. Mike Wall, space.com. Quick break. More coming up on News Talk, 830 WCCO.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.